It is Thursday, September 19th, 2013, and you are about to listen to a wonderful presentation from Felix Giacomino, the Director of Technology at St. Stephen's Episcopal Day School, located in Miami, Florida, at the Mobile 2013 Conference in Tucson, Arizona. Felix shared this on Monday, September 16th, and the title is Success Starts at the Top, Supporting a Mobile Learning Initiative. The official description was, Administrative support is the most important factor of a school's success with any program. School heads, leaders, department heads, success, business officers, and other decision makers will want to attend this session discussing the do's and don'ts of implementing mobile devices. Spanning across all aspects involved, topics discussed will include technical requirements and best practices, professional development, BYOD versus school-owned, public relations, parental involvement, student preparedness, and much more. Without further ado, it's back to Tucson to listen to Felix. Good afternoon. I'm going, to head, I'm going to go ahead and get started. This is like the anti-Miami, I'm from Miami, Florida, and this is like the anti-Miami thing. I mean, starting on time would be anti-Miami, but starting early, that's just like a, a really weird warp of reality. But, but I am going to start a little bit early because my hopes are that um, the conversation gets going. Um, and, and if we have a good conversation going, uh, then we'll, I'll be thankful that, you know, I started a few minutes early. Uh, and if we end up a few minutes early, then hey, you have free time before your next uh, session. So, uh, my name is Felix Giacomino. I am the Director of Technology at St. Stephen's Episcopal Day School in Coconut Grove, Florida, Miami. And uh, we're a small 300 student school from pre-K 3 through 5th grade. A little bit of background on me. I was a music teacher. My bachelor's is in music education. That's how I got started. I love to teach. Education is what I like to do. And I like music. So to teach music seemed like a natural fit. I, long story short, I ended up at some really bad schools and some less than desirable um, situations. And, and, and I just thought, you know what? Education's not for me. If this is what I got a, 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 an education for, um, and I owe so much money now to the University of Miami. <laughs> Why would I want to keep doing this? So I said, you know what? I, I like computers. I always liked computers since I was a kid, you know, with my Commodore 64 and programming and, and, and DOS and everything. And I said, well, and a radio commercial came on and get your MCSC and start making $50,000. $50,000. This is back, you know, uh, when, when, I, when starting teacher salary, come on in, um, starting teacher salaries. Just making sure everything's working properly. That's so far, so good. Um, I think uh, new, new teacher salaries at the time were like in the, in the mid to upper 20s. So 50 was like, man, I could almost double my salary by, you know, making people happy fixing their computers. So I got my Microsoft certified systems engineer. Uh, so why do I bore you with that information? I just want you to know that I went to school for education, so I understand curriculum and mapping and lesson planning and all that, okay? And I have a love for student learning and, and good teaching and all that. But I also know the nitty-gritty of, you know, wireless devices and switches and hubs and, and VLANs and, and, and that technical side. That combination landed me my position here at, at my tiny school. Um, and it's, it's a really nice fit because we are a tiny school, so we, they really can't hire two positions. Uh, so I get to do both sides. I just want you to know that I have that because I think we may have um, both sides in here, at least 
That's, uh, as stated in the, in the description, the session is aimed towards heads and other uh, administrators or business officers, department heads, IT, the IT people, or de- uh, decision makers. Um, so I would like to just so I know what to focus on more or less, get an idea of who's in here. So I'm not going to do anything fancy like a poll everywhere. And, no, I just, like, raise your hand. And, and that goes to say, to speak to appropriate use of, uh, appropriate tool at the appropriate time. So how many classroom teachers do we have? Okay. Uh, how many technology integrators or to ed tech specialist people who you support the classroom? Okay. And how many... Uh, technology directors, do we have technology directors, directors of technology, okay. Of, of those of you, just four? You four? Okay. Since it's only four of you, can you tell me, are you IT, are you ed tech, or are you both? Tech, uh, technology integration, so ed tech. Ed tech. Ed tech. Back here we had one? Yeah, two, both. Two, both? Great. And one more. Mostly IT. Okay, excellent. So we have that range. Um, so we've covered classroom classroom teachers and integrators, directors of the... Okay, how about somebody else? Administrator from a school? Administrators, what's your position? Principal K. Prince, six, eight. Principal 6-8. Principal high school. Principal of high school. Excellent. Um, any business officers in here? Any money people? Yeah? Uh, no, for a school, for a, for a vendor. For a vendor. Okay, all right. So... But we'll be uh, talking money, too, because, I mean, it, it does come back to that quite often. All right, so um, let me tell you why I chose to present on this topic. I chose to present on this topic because I think the conversation needs to be had about how this can all work. Because a lot of times what happens is uh, somebody in, in the middle or someone in the classroom, one person has phenomenal ideas and they're doing really cool stuff and they've got their YouTube channel and they're doing their blog and their wiki and just all this magic is happening uh, but then, you know, their next door teacher in the same grade level is just doing something different or quite not there or not or just a huge gap in between what's going on. So obviously there needs to be some uh, cohesiveness overall on what uh, should be happening around the school. So let's talk about questions. And I, I, want, I would love for you to go ahead and jot down questions as they come up. Um, so on your device, or there's even a pe- paper and a pen at our mobile conference in front of you. So go ahead, just jot thing, things down um, as you think of them, because at the end, I'm going to put like the next four slides kind of all there, all up together, so we could at a glance kind of like look at it and say, yeah, I had a question about this, that. Now, the questions will not be answered only by me. Um, who's the smartest person in the room? Okay, and I'll tell you, it's not me, um, and I always like to say the smartest person in the room is the room. Okay, so we're going to be leveraging that, and uh, that's the way um, we'll handle, handle questions, of course, because I could only discuss what my experience has been. Okay, uh, I'm at my current school for six years. I could tell you about my past six years. I was at a previous school for eight years. I could tell you about that school. Although I have to be careful because somebody from that school is here right now. Um, anyways, um, so after all, <laughs> um, I hope to provide a platform that we can all kind of like sit and chat and, and all that by the end. But let me just get and go through a couple things. So funding and cost, that's something that we have to talk about. Now cost and funding, that's like dollars, right? But then there's value. 
And we're talking about educational value, or the value of what the kids get out of it, what the students, how, how, what this does to learning, what this does to um, get the students ready for their future, the future that we have no idea what might be out there that we just don't know of. You've seen all those statistics, right? All those things go by that. Uh, and I'm going to make this up. You know, 56% of the jobs that students will have in the future don't even exist yet and, you know, and all that. Just pick a number, but it's out there. Okay, so why? Why do we need to do this? And that goes back to the value question. Why, why should we be looking at this? Why not just keep things the same? Or why not just go ahead and put iPads in schools? I mean, it seems to be the thing to do, and we hear that St. Stephen's is doing a good thing. I mean, they're doing pretty cool things at Eanes ISD and, you know, and other places. So why not just uh, put in iPads? Well, we, I think we all know the obvious answer to that, because I know of some local schools, at least in our area, who decided to go iPads, and they're bad-mouthing them. Like, oh, yeah, we got iPads, too, and all it did was bring distraction into the room, and it, and it, it just, um, teachers didn't know what to do with it. They were lost, so we just put it all away and, you know, kept to the good old tried-and-true uh, methods of teaching. Okay, so obviously that goes to effectiveness. So, yeah, you can have uh, your devices come in, and you can have a little bit of PD. And by PD, I don't mean vendor-specific PD, because that's training on how to use a device not necessarily um, uh, training for effectiveness in the classroom. And, and so beware. So if you have your smart board, um, smart will be glad to come out and show you how to use it. But like, um, like Adam Bellow says, uh, he's just like, yeah, the, the, the technology fairy comes in and says, look, you can move it over here, you can move it over there, you can do this, you can do that, and he disappears, and that was supposed to be professional development. So um, the effectiveness aspect, that's what we're really aiming for and making sure that we have a person on the education side making uh, decisions and asking the questions and making sure, sure it all has, uh, it fits into the overall plan. And that's training. Um, parents. How about parents? Are they all on board? Do they have questions? Because they're not in it like we are. They probably don't have uh, the, uh, probably don't go to the same places we do uh, that is online uh, to do the research. They probably haven't seen the magic that we've seen. Okay, and um, they may just raise the questions. I know that when we <clears throat> decided to go iPads, one-to-one -one iPads, listen to this, one-to-one -one iPads. Okay, we're going one-to-one -one iPads. And I know the parents heard, we're going 100% everything we're going to do in the future is going to be on the iPad. That's what they heard. Okay? One-to-one -one iPad means 100% everything on the iPad to many parents, not all. Okay? Um, so, you know, and uh, oh, well, I, a parent did this. And, and, and actually it was Tony came to our school and uh, uh, delivered, delivered, kind of talked to the parents right before we did it. And... Uh, one parent raises his hand and says, like, well, I was reading a book called The Blessing of a Skinned Knee. And that says that kids should go out and play in the playground and scrape their knees. And there's value to that. And it's like, okay, sir. I, I, you know, you wanted to say, like, where have you been? Because we're not talking about that whatsoever, right? It, it's almost as he, he's heard us say, so now that we have 100% iPads for everything, we're going to, um, instead of going to PE, we'll launch that app where they <laughs> just look like they're running, and there's no danger there. They don't even have to get sweaty, so that's cool. And then, but, oh, but just the scraping of the knee. Oh, well, we have an app for that, too. It's the I scrape knee, and you hold it there, and there's the scrape knee. So, you know, it's kind of like they hear it. So educating the parents and really educating the entire school um, is is essential. So some tactics. Now the leadership 
is where it's at. The leaderships have to lead the, the right people in the right directions and hire the right people to, um, to make this all work. Uh, it, it is a big orchestration of things that have to happen, and starting with professional development for the teachers and, like I said, educating the parents so they're not, um, they're not misled or they're, they're not thinking something it's not. So that makes for a culture, a culture around the school where um, if the parent, after going to that meeting where Tony did such a great job in explaining how it's going to be used, and no, 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 sir, you can continue reading your book, but we're not going to use it for everything, and we're going to just use it appropriately, giving concrete examples of when we are not going to use the iPads um, and, and such. Um, but having a culture so that everybody understands, the teachers, and too, it means that the, when the parent comes in to that teacher and says, hey, so, you know, Miss, Miss Jones... Uh, is tell me, come on, are you really going to use the iPad, this one-to-one, all-the-time all thing? And the teacher has to know how to respond. So um, having everybody on board uh, or on the bus, as my boss likes to say, is also uh, very important and very essential. So uh, sharing. Sharing is very important because uh, that's how we help each other and that's how we see what others are doing that's what excites us that's what shows us what's working now share only our successes no um i love sharing failures as well um because as long as you're learning from it it there's there's something to be learned i mean who hasn't read a blog post about somebody who said i tried this and boy that didn't work or you know if if to those of you thinking of trying this a few things to watch out for uh, so that you don't stumble across the same things I did now that I've already done it. And then I've, I think I've beaten professional development kind of to death already, but I can't really stress that enough. Um, uh, we've had, uh, like I already said, Tony come out, comes out several times a year to our school. We've had uh, Tammy Worcester. We've had uh, several other local people come, and, and it's got to be constant. It's got to be quality. And uh, we are fortunate enough in our school that we have three technology. Now, remember, we're a school of 300, and we have three technology full-time technology integrators that, to work with the teachers, full-time. So three of them, that's, that's a 1 to a 10 ratio of technology integrators to teachers. Uh, so imagine if, if you know, each one is responsible for 10, and they see two per day, you know, they, they're, and they spend half a day with each one of them, and, uh, and they're getting it weekly. So that's one type of professional development that we do. Now, when we decided to do that, of course, is the money consideration, right? And um, uh, I'm going to get to that in that slide. So BYOD. So what does BYOD stand for? Bring your own distraction. Could be. Could be bring your own division. Right? All of a sudden, thing now it's like, well, while well, you have the MacBook Pro with Retina display, and I have a, my dad's old BlackBerry. I don't know. Um, uh, could it be a deterrent? If in the wrong, and if the teacher doesn't know what she's doing, and she thinks putting these in place and that, that's it. Could be. The, how about danger? How about how about the dangers of? And this is where I'm glad we're going to open this up to a discussion, and not me with all the answers. But how about when you do BYOD and the student shows up with an iPad Mini 4G? And all of a sudden can access, you know, the Internet around your Wi-Fi and they're, they're no longer filtered. But it could be bringing your own diversity. Now, diversity is a very 
positive word, at least in our school. We celebrate diversity. We make, make sure that that's something that we're very positive about. But let's think real world. Does Starbucks stop you at, you know, at the front and kind of say, okay, what device do you have? Mm-hmm. Okay, all right, yeah, that, that can come in. Or, no, sorry, the Starbucks is Apple only, sorry. Um, no, it doesn't matter at Starbucks that you bring your iPad and you bring your MacBook Pro and you bring your Microsoft, whatever it's called, and or anything else. Um, but you're all kind of like sharing, and then you're using Google Drive to get stuff to each other, and it really doesn't matter. It's it's, it's device and and OS agnostic, isn't it? Uh, and what's Starbucks? It's a real world um, environment with way too expensive coffee, um, but it's a real world environment. So infrastructure for you IT folks, um, and even if you're not IT, you've got to understand that the infrastructure's just got to be in place. Uh, though that device that you see right there, that's um, that's a Wi-Fi device that's just above and beyond anything that you're going to find in most places. They had to do that. Uh, mobile 2012 and mobile 2011, it went down. No, mobile 2011, I think it was the opening. He said, okay, now everybody go here. And so imagine, uh, if it can happen at a mobile conference, it can happen in your classroom at, at any time. So the infrastructure... Um, if you want, here you go. Ignore it if you want frustrated teachers. And who wants that? So let's, let's flip that around. Have a good one if you want to teach, to have teachers actually do what they have planned out. Um, and I'm, that leads me to this. EdTech. See this uh, teacher here? She's a teacher. She's a teacher who uses technology. So I hashtagged her with EdTech, educational technology. Okay, and that's what she does. She's a teacher who's teaching. She just happens to have an iPad in hand, and she's doing her homework, and she's learning, and she's went to Mobile 2013, and she she went to iPad Palooza, and she she's gonna go to Miami Device, and you know she's like doing her homework. She's like going to all these places. Miami Device, what's that? Oh, you'll hear about that later. I, I'll get, you know, I'm even gonna give away some um, some iTunes gift cards. Woo! Um, so that's her job, right? EdTech. Okay, great. Now look at this nerdy guy. Okay, so there's your IT guy. And uh, notice that the T stands for technology, information technology. That's what he's responsible for. He's responsible for that, making sure that that works, making sure that that can connect to that and stay connected to that. Okay, that the, the um, oh, for the recording, I was pointing to a device and I was pointing to the wireless <laughs> device. I forgot. Okay, so um, he, he has to make sure that the device is connecting to the wireless, which is connecting back to the switch, which is connected to the router, back to your ISP and all, all that fun stuff. Okay? So that's, that's his job. Now, here's where the magic happens. Here's the IT guy. Here's the ed tech girl. Now, and I've, I've done a whole presentation on this, on the importance of, the importance of these two sides having a good relationship. No, guys, not that good. Um, <laughs> What was that? Uh, anyway, so they have to have a good relationship, and they have to have the support. I highly, highly recommend that these two departments have weekly meetings. And if those me- weekly meetings can happen in the presence of some higher up decision maker, you're, you're the middle school head, right? Mm-hmm. Get your IT people, get your ed tech people, whoever's doing it, get them together, have meetings with them. Like, like they've all got the a, all the time. And, and that wakes, makes for the well-oiled machine, right? That's got to turn in order for this to happen. And 
Now, and there's a lot to it. It's not just like, okay, what do you, what do you need? What do I need? What do I need? What do you need? It's, it's understanding each role. It's understanding that uh, IT people are very good, and they, they're very proud on how secure their network is. Can't get past anything. But in schools, there's just certain things we have to do. If you want to have a Skype session, that port has to be open on the, on the switch, on the router, right? So that conversation needs to happen. And um, between you and me, and I've said this before, it's a little controversial, but it's okay. We're, the IT people are way outnumbered, so I'm going to say it. I feel like uh, the person in uh, the educational person should be a, in hierarchy. In, on the hierarchy of things, should be above the IT people. Why? And I say that only because it's a school. It's a school. So schools are in the business of educating students. We have to understand what that means. Therefore, an educator needs to ha- be making decisions above the IT person because I've heard of schools making decisions to go with Chromebooks versus iPads. That's not a bad decision in itself. That's not a bad decision. There's Perfectly great reasons to go with Chromebooks versus iPads. But the reasoning was the IT guy says, oh, well, Chromebooks are so much easier to configure. Or just, you know, you just log in and you're in and that's it. But none of the other considerations were made. Um, it was just kind of what made the IT person's life easier. Okay, well, it's easier to image Windows machines versus uh, Macs or whatever it might be. So there's that. So there's the support. Frustrations. Now, um, I sent this out uh, via Twitter, uh, and it was just a simple question, and people answered it in the Google Doc. As a teacher, what is the most... She's in the way. Uh, as a teacher, what is the most challenging part about integrating technology into your lessons? Okay, I got over 110 responses, and here are just a few. So the most frustrating... Too often, I have, and I know you know how to read, but just in case in the back, this one's small. Too often I've been stranded mid-class with some computer problem or other, um, or other, and the ensuing stress makes me limit my future use of technology. Our IT guy is hardly ever available to fix simple problems. I am not a wonderful troubleshooter. So think of that frustration, especially when you don't have a, you know, Felix on, you know, on text that you could text, and I'm only half a building away. Uh, our campus is not very large. I could be in your room at no time, and if I can't, I could send one of my three technology integrators if it's something they could handle. So um, imagine when the IT guy is split between many places, and it, it just gets very, very frustrating. Uh, at that point is where I say, you know, kind of try to simplify things if possible, but get the support that's needed. Here's another reply. Making sure that the equipment will work as expected. I think if, if you've ever used technology in a classroom setting, you know exactly where that's coming from, no matter who you are. I need more training. So we're giving these, given these cool devices, these cool resources, these cool uh, subscriptions to websites, but you, they feel uh, they don't have the training. So, so that's got to be in place. Having the time to work on something new. It would be great if we had some hands-on sessions with the tech staff. Like have us play around with the software instead of just telling us about it. Wow. Well, this have to do, you could use, you could use Moto to do all this really cool stuff. In Moto, links to, it's kind of like Facebook. And then the kids could post this and then you can answer that. 
at what? Okay. But unless you sit there and say, okay, this Wednesday, we're going to have a one-hour session learning on how to start an Edmodo account and just simply do your first post and have the students reply to it. And that, that'll take an hour. It could take very well take an hour. And then, so next Wednesday, we're going to then show you how you can post something for the students to see how it goes step by step by step by step. And teachers want it. I mean, these are teachers answering this question about frustration. <clears throat> the biggest challenge has been unexpected technology malfunctions. For example, I had planned a for a class to use their laptop computers to complete a research project, and our school's internet provider had an outage right in the middle of class period. Well, there's kind of nothing you can do about that, right? Technology is an ama amazing educational tool, but a teacher always needs to be prepared with a backup plan in case of... Now, that's a little controversial or um, it's sorry no 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 well I tweeted out the question with a link to a Google to a Google doc you know yeah how did she get around that one <laughs> all right so um, th this raises a question though if that statement is true then you're saying that I now have to double plan uh, since I have my regular plan and if the internet goes down well then I have a backup plan and that's kind of like um, just telling the teacher that you have to now double your work because the technology makes your life better Technology makes things easier, now do double the work. So that's kind of a, eh. so there's one for a conversation right there. And that'll lead the teacher to saying, well, maybe I'll just stick to what works. So here's a little wordle that um, came from doing that. So time seems to be the big issue. So even if you do have uh, planned professional development for them, even if you do um, all sorts of neat stuff, there's still always the, 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 the time that to find um, to have them all get together, uh, learn the stuff, because professional development takes time. It takes time uh, to do all the cool stuff. So lessons, so it's use, use, use. Use is probably there nice and big, because you have to find the time to use your students. All right, so here's another thing about having devices at schools. And this one goes across probably more the business officer kind of side, uh, but um, IT will know about this. Ready? And breakages, insurance. I, I drew that today. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. That's done with uh, paper by 53. It's a really neat app. <laughs> You'll see some in my uh, Ignite tomorrow. It's really neat. Anyways, so uh, cracked iPads. Cracked iPads. What do you do about cracked iPads? I know what I do. See, this is this is again, a, you know, why I want to open up the conversation. I, I want to uh, have uh, hear what different people have to say because I'll tell you what I do. And Stacy, you'll be able to do this because you live like I mean, you work like a few blocks from me, right? So uh, when our iPads break, I take it to Primo, which is located in South Miami, and it's just like I mean, you jog there; it's so close, and they'll fix it, you know, within the week uh, for about 125 bucks, and then they get it back, and then that's it. But if you don't live close to Primo or something like it that they have on hand, OEM, you know, uh, original Apple uh, digitizers and screens and glass, whatever it is, uh, to fix that for you, what do you do? You have a broken iPad. So obviously there's something to be said about having extras and loaners, but still, the, having a loaner doesn't fix the iPad. You have to deal with it. So... Um, are there any, a lot of you guys are, are kind of mid to, to west. Anybody part of MISBO? 
Misbo, does that ring a bell? It's a consortium. So we're a small school, and basically it's a mid, mid, uh, mid-southern independent business, school, business officers, whatever, consortium. So our little school doesn't have much purchasing power when it comes to things, but if this little school and that little school and then all these little schools get together, then they com- form a consortium. And they have, so maybe you have one like that in your area. But anyway, so Primo wants to get together with them so that you break your iPad, give them a call, they send, they overnight you a package that you put your iPad in, send it back to them, they fix it, they get, have it back to you. So the turnaround time is probably under two weeks. So if you're far away. But anyways... How, so I just said, I just kind of threw out there, oh, and then they fix it for us for 125 bucks. Because $125 is nothing. It's free. Uh, no, $125 is money. And, um, how, how do we do it? And, and these are questions, um, sorry, um, of how, how to do insurance. So do you do third party insurance? Because there's plenty of companies, or at least a few companies, ready and willing to sell you insurance for your iPads. Um, or do you self-insure? That's what we do. I'll tell you a little bit about that now. Or do you just kind of stick to AppleCare? But guess what? AppleCare is not going to take care of that, except unless you have the AppleCare Supreme Plus, whatever. You, and then, and then, like you have to pay for that up front. And then, if it breaks, you still have to pay a deductible. But hey, it's insurance after all. Do you just do none and just luck of the draw? And what are what happens with BYOD? What happens when the parents really sacrifice to get them that iPad mini and then the iPad breaks? Because by the, because as far as um, fixing iPad minis, you better be careful because as of right now, Primo, they're very, very good. Then they'll fix all my iPad 2s. But uh, iPad minis right now, as, as far as I know, I don't think they have uh, the, possi- the ability to replace screens. Okay. So um, I'll just tell you again what I did at my school and... And again, I have support from my boss, you know, and we, I could do stuff like this. We just did the iPad protection plan. It's optional, and um, you have to sign either yes, and here's $175. Yes, and here's 75 bucks, or no, but I am responsible if my child breaks the device, okay? And if you say yes, and it breaks, here's your new iPad, and if you want to insure that again, then, you're, then it goes up to 125. So it's like insurance, you know. It's, it's no deductible, but but your your premium does go up. So 75 times the parents who bought it, which ended up being exactly two thirds. Okay, like 66.67. Okay, so two thirds of the parents did get it. That many parents times uh, $75 has way more than covered the $125. Fees that we've had to pay, so it's worked out for us. Uh, we're elementary school. I hear it gets worse when they get older. I don't know, but that's for you guys uh, to to bring to the table when we start. Every one of ours has the parents ha- are required to pay for the thirty dollars insurance. Thirty? That's what I just emailed my IT guy to find out who we're insuring with. Oh, okay. Wow, thirty bucks. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll insure an iPad for thirty bucks. Okay. So after that dramatic one, how about this one? All right, so here we are talking about success and happening up at the top. And so what exactly uh, does happen at the top? And I've got to say the number one thing um, that I feel has led to the success 
um, of what has happened. Hey, I'm not boasting. Tony just said it. He said, hey, if it's worked, it's not bragging or boasting. It's, you could just share it. So um, I'm, I'm sharing that. I think we have had a successful one-to-one program. Um, and I've got to give all the credit to my head of school. She just kind of supports uh, the decisions. She um, makes sure that uh, she knows that I'm making them responsibly and that um, – you know, always within uh, context and always uh, responsibly and talking to um, others in the department. So uh, decisions are made up there. So they need to know what's happening. They need to be on board. Uh, they need to um, just support it. I mean, the support really is what it all comes down to. So um, also up at the top, plans are executed. So they have to make sure that they choose the right people and uh, organize whether it's committees or, uh, and, and it's also, you know, that's another thing. Going back to the parent thing, uh, how many of you have a technology committee where parents are also part of and involved? Excellent. One per table. Cool. All right. Um, and, and that's important, you know, because if you do have a parent sitting on your technology team, board, uh, whatever you call it, committee, um, then they, they're very helpful in kind of getting the word spread uh, that this is something that's uh, a neat thing to support. And then, of course, the leaders assigned tasks. So here, um, real quick, I'm going to talk about PLN. So PLN, we all know, stands for Professional Learning Network. And I, I just can't say, how many of you are on Twitter? Oh, good. Some of you aren't. Good. Because then I'd have to just go through the next few slides for nothing. But um, I'd like to get this conversation going. So um, Twitter. Have a look up here. And these are some hashtags. So, so um, how, how can I explain this? If, so people who are not on Twitter. Uh, think of this as a, a hashtag. It's kind of like a magnet. Think, think of uh, if I take the EdTech magnet and I put it up to Twitter, everything that has EdTech... Oh, sorry. Um, everything that has... That's his remote. Sorry. Um, everything that um, has EdTech as part of that post... Um, everything that has EdTech as part of the, uh, a tweet will kind of go blah, 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 and just jump in, and, and then you have basically a list with kind of like a filter, if you will, right? So if I uh, do a search on EdTech, which is educational technology and mobile learning, I'm going to get a really a lot of really neat stuff, and I, I could just quickly show you uh, some examples. So those of you on Twitter, and there's, a, there's a, quite a few of you who um, I know from Twitter who I've known before, have met before, and there's some people who I've met in, three, in 3D for the first time, and it's kind of cool. Um, so which ones did I miss? Carl? Anyone that I, I might have? Texas. Tex-Ed? No. Texas, come on. Texas, yeah. <laughs> Anyone that? Is? Okay, CP chat. Did you know about CP chat? Connected principles chat? That's a good one. And, and as a matter of fact, that's a sample I'm going to show. I don't know if this is going to work. It, it worked in my room 50% of the time. Let's see how it does now. Okay, no, I didn't. So hold on one second. Um, CP chat. Oh, darn. Okay, well, I wanted to show you this really kind of cool, flashy site called Visible Tweets. 
um, only because for somebody who's not on Twitter, it makes it more palatable. It's not so um, other language like visible tweets, and it just makes uh, it's uh, tweets that you that you search for, and it makes it real pretty, like uses flash and colors, and but but makes it nice and readable and. Uh, but because a lot of people take a look at this, and they're like, oh boy, you know, that's, gosh, I, you see, that's why I'm not on Twitter. Look at the, those, all those tag, ta hashtags and at symbols and, and what, what the heck is a bit.ly anyways, you know? Um, I don't want a bit.ly. Um, so if, what I did is I, t I took uh, CP chat and M learning or EdTech. So this, this, this is bringing back it's really cool because these magnets work really nicely. So this, this right now, this has a magnet that um, will attract anything that has CP chat, so connected principles. These are principles having conversations about anything. But to make it relative to what we're talking about, I added and M learning, mobile learning, or ed tech, educational technology. So principles that are talking either about mobile learning or um, educational technology. So. Seems like there's a conversation. Flipping the staff meeting. Ooh. BYOD and trust and respect. Thoughts? Boston iPad Summit. 50 out of 20 students believed in the bogus tree octopus in a recent workshop. Y'all know about the, the endangered tree octopus? You should Google that. It's important we do something about that. The mid, what is it? The mid, mid northwestern tree octopus that's endangered, and, and students are trying to help save it. Yeah, there are pictures of it. Yep, there's, there's some tree octopus pictures. Anyways, it's a really neat um, experiment and uh, pr a project that students are partaking of. I, I encourage you to check it out. All right, so anyway, so let's get back to Twitter. <laughs> you just had a little lapse of my ADOA, my ADOS attention deficit. Ooh, shiny. Um, all right, so... Anyway, so going back to Twitter, Twitter is not the source of the PD, okay? It's simply a forum. It's a place to throw out, throw out ideas, resources, articles, etc., so that others with the same interest can benefit, okay? So, and, and, and what they're sharing, that's the source, really. So you go to Twitter, kind of say, hey, what's going on? Well, what are connected principles chatting about today? Let me see. Oh, that looks like a neat article. Click on the article, and all of a sudden, you've got an article that is right in line with what you're looking for. Notice Justin Bieber hasn't jumped in on anything I've said. And that's what will happen if you're on Twitter with the right hashtags. You're not going to come across, um, you know, what Kim Kardashian had for breakfast if you check PBL chat. I mean, gosh, the chances of that happening. You know, it's just, it won't happen. So um, I believe, and someone correct me, whoever is already on there, if I'm wrong, but... As a responsible educator, it, I, I think um, it, it's your responsibility to check out Twitter and take a look at some of those hashtags. And there'll be this whole 
presentation will be made available to you. So um, don't worry about it if, if you miss some of those or, or any part of this. It'll be uh, made available to you. Uh, and something tells me that there will be something about it on speedofcreativity.com as well. All right, so... Here are uh, my first few slides, the one about questions, the tactics, and I'm just putting them up there so we can uh, go ahead and have this conversation that we now have about 20 minutes or so, a little bit more. Good thing I started early, good. So, what questions, comments, suggestions, uh, anecdotes, concerns, what about, what ifs, or anything like that are there in the room? Oh, I forgot to bring those guys in. Oops, sorry. Something I didn't do here was to show you some really awesome videos. Let's say, for example, share what has worked. There are so many, so many, so many blogs and videos and videos and blogs and blogs and videos. what else? What else was? Let me on here. What else is there? There's blogs, there's videos. What, what else can you, as a teacher, ask to? You know what? Bring this to the table next time so that our boss can see what's happening. What's happening? Public shows, radio shows. You're talking about ways student media. Student media. Mm -hmm. Something, something that they can show their boss. Like, say, look, I, we want to do really cool things like this. So they yeah, show video. So di digital portfolio. There, there's another one. Okay. So, anybody else? Again, I'm. It, this isn't an ask Felix part of the um, presentation. This is kind of like throw the question out to the room and let's see what the room gives back. Yes. Uh, one of the things we did in my district was we, we kind of piloted some things first. Um, we started off with one stuff with iPads. And for, for me, the low magazine person in the district, this was what it was like. But I wanted to see something that would, would, that would work well in the classroom. And one of the things we found was iPads are great, but they take a lot more planning. I mean, you've got to get the teachers out of the mindset of, Oh, well, we've got to buy these apps with all these apps we've got to buy. Let's look at some of the things that we can free and stuff, but then there's a, we've got to buy, we've got to buy, we've got to buy, and then the cost of keeping them up and stuff like that. Um, so what we've done, we've done um, merged integration between iPads and Chromebooks. And the way that we came about this was um, we had our tech community get together, and um, consisting of teachers, administrators, myself, um, our previous director of curriculum, and came up with what our plan is going to look like and what kind of uh, cycle, life cycle that we're going to have. And we start with iPads with the younger kids. Because one of the things that we got from teachers coming back was um, with iPads was, oh, well, you know, they're not really easy to type with unless you get an external keyboard. I need to get a keyboard. We wanted something where, plus we are, we're a Google Apps district. So we wanted to have that kind of integration. We don't also have the way to can I ask, did the iPad students and the Chromebook students ever do things together? Sometimes. Um, the way we do it is we have uh, is 
working with iPads. And then uh, three, four, five from book. Um, what we do is each of those classrooms five of each that can be set up in the station. Um, we also have a cart of Chromebooks um, in each library and each computer lab in each school. Um, each computer lab consists of 30, what, are, what went from being iMacs now downsized to Mac, uh, Mac Minis. Mac Minis. Because of cost. Um, and, you know, so for, for us, our biggest stumbling block has been infrastructure, has been network infrastructure. And that's something we're looking to solve in the next year or so. Yeah, you gotta to kind of take a look at what you can afford and then buy more. Totally. Yes. Yeah. Like, what's the most bandwidth we can afford? Is, oh, this one. Okay. Well, we have to get this one then. Uh, with whatever you can get. Yeah. Whatever you can get for like ten and a half nights. I push and push and push. Finally, have costs saying, well, listen, we'll do the build and we're fire So we're pushing. Oh, neat. Well, congrats. That? Congrats. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be it, it's coming or they already It'll be October 23rd. Alright. Oh man. That's awesome. Uh, I like in you know one word one of the first words you said was pilot and that's uh who who else has had like a pilot part to their program? A lot. So people kinda of test it out ahead. Any other success stories or even failed stories, something that you think somebody looking into um you know, going with something new that the pilot was helpful to do. Um, I'm a classroom teacher, the only one in here. But I, I have piloted Google Apps and bring your own device in my district, high school district. And uh, the, the Google Apps thing is, both of them are very slow going in my district. So uh, it's just not much support from the higher ups. But in my school, as teachers start to see, other teachers start to see what they're doing, and, and once the student knowledge builds up, it seems like uh, that's, when, that's when teachers start to get interested. When students can do things, and, then, and now they're being challenged. So I don't know if anybody else has experienced that with the pilot, but that's kind of how it's rolling out. And then, like I said, now the teachers, after a couple of years, start to get on board with uh, well, and I, I'll tell you that um, that happens even when you kind of like uh, we went from <laughs> I'll tell you the story really fast. Monday before school starts, I know school students start this Monday, right? The Monday before is our first day back, and that's our like our little retreat. Tuesday, Tony Vincent comes and talks to the teachers because the teachers have all iPads and does a how to use your, your iPad in the classroom, okay? No iPads for students. We had like uh, netbooks in fourth grade and I think some older laptops in fifth grade and we were, uh, we had iPod touches in the classrooms. Tuesday, my head of school sits in on that session and says, oh my gosh, we have this, if every one of our students had one of these, that would be amazing. What we could do, what they could do with the te- the students, the teachers. The teachers would be inspired by the students, would be inspired by the It would be sick. I'm going to the board. She went to the board on Wednesday. Thursday, she says to, the, to everybody, ladies and gentlemen, we're going one-to-one iPads in grades one through five. Now... That's like ideal, you know, and that, but it was that fast. So imagine everybody like, okay, you know, Miami. That's what we say, okay. Um, and you know what though? I think ninety-eight percent said, ninety-six percent 
said, wow, cool, this is exciting. And of uh, that other 4%, which is two teachers, because we're a small school, one of them's already gone. Um, so, you know, it, and the other one is, is just so thrilled right now. And I've seen teachers who never thought they would not only use these devices, but uh, go as far as to then discover more and, and get on Twitter. I mean, this is, these are teachers that now, every once in a while, will, like, retweet something I'll, I'll, I put out there. I'm like... Oh, you, you know, that's, that's really neat. So, um, but that was just some of them, some teachers. And, and by the way, no correlation. And this is something from, I'm already jumping into tomorrow's Ignite. Um, but there's no correlation I have found uh, between a, a teacher's age and her willingness and coolness uh, of the things that she can make happen with uh, mobile learning. Just, just take a look at all the top ed edu bloggers and, and, and stuff like that, you know, they're not all spring chickens, you know, and uh, uh, so it, it's been really cool. So uh, going back to the whole piloting part, uh, when you do hand out iPads for everyone, trust me, it's still piloting in some rooms and just really going full force in others. Um, but the, the, going back to um, one thing I said was to share. So the coolness that happens with that one teacher, you encourage that person, oh, would you like to share that at our next faculty meeting? Or would you, wouldn't, why don't you email that to, or have the head, because she's supporting us all the way, send it to her and she'll send it to everyone and say, I encourage you to watch this video of what's happening in Mrs. Jones' room. Okay, so there's that. Um, anything else? Uh, what, what, what else? I know you have, I, I, I said, come up with questions, so. Well, we we piloted year before last, full year last year, one-on-one iPads, and they were allowed to go home last year. That was a huge um, security issue. We pulled them all back in. We no longer allow them to go home. We have had issues again just last week with porn coming onto our iPads. Not coming onto it, but being put on our iPads. So we are working on better browsers and policy right now to... Are you using MobiSip now? Or? No, that's what I was hoping to get from this. MobiSip, M-O-B-I-C-I-P. Anybody else using anything else? It's what I have on my 13-year-old's um, uh, The problem iPhone. that we have is we've got the firewalls and things in place, but then but now when you go open home. up Google, right. which is such a great search engine, yeah. Google pulls up all kinds of things, especially when a student types in threesome. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, or peaches. That's another one. Um, that, that happened back when I was at, at yeah, yeah, the Spanish teacher was just like, oh, como se dice melocotón in English? And oh, peaches. Oh. And, you know, that came up with Google Images. And, you know, so, yeah, definitely a consideration. Um, uh, I, when, at, at our school, because we're elementary, I, and it doesn't matter that it's elementary, I take that back. At our school, before allowing them to go home, I had a mandatory meeting with the parents. A parent, a, a parent had to be physically present and sign a piece of paper after hearing what I had to say about it. And essentially, since you said the word first, I'll go ahead and say it. Uh, I, in a nutshell, said, these things can get porn. I mean, you know, I didn't say it exactly like that, but um, you have to kind of make them aware of that. Say, they're safe here at school. We've got really neat firewalls and, and filters and all that, content filters. But once you're at home, um, they're just as open to what your computer is open to, to what your phone is open to. Now, there are some other 
solutions to that, and that are uh, their proxy servers. There are um, things that you can get installed on the iPad that um, goes through your, in other words, they, they search to Google, it doesn't go straight to Google, it goes through your filter, out to Google, come back through your filter, and so it's as if they're virtually at school. So they're protected that with proxy server. Anybody know specifically of a name of one of those? SIPA. CIP, yes. And it goes, it, well, it's going to, um, it will go out and the iPads at home will be blocked or whatever by the porn and everything that they're at the same school. So wow. okay. they're blocked at school, it's also blocked at their home. Right. And we use a Meraki to uh, supervise and configure that. And that's configured in Meraki. M-E-R-A-K-I. M-E-R-A-K-I. What was the one you said you used? MobiSip. So MobiSip is uh, just, it, it's another browser that you install on an iOS device. Uh, the trick is you have to remember that. So so you install it and that's all good, but you have to go in, turn on the per, the controls, the, the parental controls or whatever, and um, turn off Safari. Because just because you install that, Safari is still open to everything. So you have to install that, then disable Safari. Now, all the browsing happens through MobiSip, which means that anything that it, it always goes through their server, their filter, and then back to, to that device. Downside to MobiSip. I just want to interrupt, Felix. So there is some printed material on MobiSip during the cocktail hour. So Excellent. They're here? Oh, multiple band. Okay, so um, one thing about one downside to MobiSip, and hey, since they're here, I'll talk to them about it. Um, and I don't think it's a conversation to be had really with them. It's Apple. But uh, be- because it's not Safari, and Safari is the default uh, browser, if you get an email and it has a link and you click it, it does nothing because it has doesn't have Safari to go to. So what you have to do is you have to co- hold down, copy, switch to MobiSip, paste it in- into the URL bar, and then go. Um, something else, something with images is coming to mind. And I don't think you can just save an image easily to your... Anyways, but, Mo- I mean, it's, it's definitely something to look at, and they're here, so cool. And, uh, anything else? I know I, know, I, know I had, you, you had a question. Um, my main question is we're really interested in going one device to student, but our biggest question is about the ownership. Are we going to do BYOD where the families own it? Is the school going to own it? We are an independent school in Manhattan, and the general feeling from our board is that <coughs> all our kids have devices. Why do we need to buy another one, like either through tuition or something like that? And I, was, I found, I have done a lot of research, and there's hard to find one place that kind of compares the three, like either school-owned, uh, family-owned but standardized, and uh, family-owned but open. And I'm just curious if anyone has any good resources. Anybody? Anybody have experience with? I, I know which one I'd, I'd prefer to go with, uh, only because it, it, you don't have to spend money from the school. But if the parents are agreeing, that middle column, I hadn't even thought about that middle column where, um, oh, well, standardized. You mean by stand, standardized, do you mean it we must be this device? This device yeah. Okay, all right. Well, then, then that doesn't speak to what I was thinking, which is it's my device. I should be able to put on whatever other apps I want. My, my child will use the apps that you want her to use, but I use this iPad too, and I want to have my banking statement, whatever, and, and this and that and that and this, and Uvu and Skype, and you know. And, but but then it's and then all of a sudden you have Uvu on there or Skype or whatever, and then but it's in the school site, so it's kind of hard to tell somebody 
whose device is bring, be wildy, bring my own device. Okay, your own device as me, my device. I want to do what I want to do with it. Um, so that's the great part about when it's school owned. It's like, we could do whatever we want with it, and it's not a problem. Um, we did a pilot last year, and it was um, two laptops, two tablets, two um, whatever. And in the classrooms and whatnot, and every kid had the same device in the classroom. And I did the staff development behind it and tried to get the change from, I mean, because we bought it, we're putting it there to change education. And I tried to get them to change what they were doing, and it was just a big substitution of whatnot. Mm-hmm. We did that pilot and, and just to get ready, the infrastructure ready for bringing your own device. This year we brought on 300 teachers and bring your own device where every kid has a different one. And that in and of itself has changed the teaching because they can't say go to this website because you may not be able, this kid may not be able to go to that website. They've got to set up that, that real authentic task, that problem or project at the beginning. Set the resources up for kids with whatever type of devices, let them do that learning on their own. So that, that to me is the biggest, biggest advantage of bringing your own device and it's more real world than it is. It is more real it. world. That, right, right. Like you said. Um, yeah, you don't have the, like I said, you know, the, uh, the Starbucks where everybody has yeah. iPad 2, 16 gigabyte, no 4G. Um, back of the room's been quiet. Any questions back there? Gears turning at least? Are you learning something? Getting, getting some, are you getting fed <laughs> at least? Yes. I got a question for uh, directors or administrators or whatever. Um, so our, our district is, um, is going into finally going into Common Core, and um, there we we have nobody in ed tech in our district, so nobody is training doing anything. But they're going to purchase, um, and I'm just wondering if anybody else has done something like this. They're going to purchase. Um, they're going to use the service of Lynda.com hmm. to help facilitate, you know, or to help with people learning technology in class. So I wonder if anybody has done that and what the success rate of that has been. How, how large of a... It's nine high schools, so we've got... Well, I, Lynda.com is expensive. In Texas, when the, the Texas Immersion Pilot happened, it was 22 middle schools uh, immersed in seven and They Apple, as part of their curriculum package, did have atomic learning as part of theirs for everyone. I think the mileage really varied as far as who used it and, and who didn't. Um, and uh, for the schools that I work with, I don't think they got utilized as much as they hoped. They were overwhelmed with so much digital curriculum because there was, you know, so much of it. So it may not be something that you have to necessarily buy for, for everybody. I know that with Lynn.com, you can also buy licenses for their videos for a certain amount of time. And so when you're doing a course, or kids are doing a certain course, you know, you could do that. But when I was at Texas Tech University, they just got Lynn.com for so it does seem to go very underutilized. I think so. Right. I think so. We use um, atomic learning, but I find similarly, unless you have someone managing and reminding people that they have this resource and you can assign things to people through atomic learning, then it's really difficult to encourage people to think to go there. Um, but if 
your district can't hire a full-time person, something that we've done to kind of clone the integrator is have what we call technology ambassadors who get small stipends to, rep to be the resource within their department and they go to a certain amount of PD. So it might not cost the same as a salary and benefits for a whole person, but it does provide some sort of leadership in, in that area. Is, is, do you know if Atomic Learning is expensive or not? Because um, I know lynda.com is. I don't think it's tremendously expensive, but I don't know. It, it's all relative. Um, and I think we have a site license. So we don't pay, pay per user. So that I don't know if they have different benchmarks you know, for the size of your institution. About five bucks, five bucks a user of a staff member oh, okay. per year. So we have 600 staff members who are paying about 25 plus than that, actually. They were paying like 11, 12,000 for the year. But we, same thing, we had 16 people that used it heavily, and then out mm -hmm. of uh, 600. So I just downsized it to 40 and said, well, I'm actually <coughs> Then we hired people. The single biggest driver to everything that we see in our district wasn't the teacher, it wasn't the district administrator, it wasn't the parents, it wasn't even really the students. It was a campus administrator that made it successful. If you have a really solid campus administrator, which I'm glad there's a few of them in the room, that was the biggest win or not win when it came to the one-to-ones of BYOD. Success starts at the top. <laughs> it's all there. I mean, if the district is saying you have to do this, and then the administrator comes and sabotages it by saying, well, the district is telling us we have to do this one-to-one -one thing, and instantly it doesn't work. Oh, yep. And so that's what we've seen as our biggest change. We've had two middle schools, exact same thing. One with leadership that was shaky, we ended up changing it. But that you can see the difference. This one took off because they had strong leadership. This one just kind of floundered. Same kids, same demographics, same everything. That was one difference. Mm -hmm. um, I think we've seen that um, the, the, the smartest person in the room was the room in our discussion. The smartest person in your PLN is going to be the PLN itself. So, uh, you know, so much cool stuff. I mean, and come on, let me get some heads nodding on those of you already on Twitter mm -hmm. saying that, yeah, so much of the cool stuff, uh, that's where we find it and go, you know, dig deeper elsewhere. So, again, it's your professional responsibility, I think, if you haven't been on Twitter yet, and come to our has my hashtags that I listed and discover more and discover all the right people to follow. There's some of them in this room right now, and it, which is really cool. And there is a link and a QR code to this presentation, so felixj.me slash s-s-a-t-t, as in success starts at the top. felixj.me slash s-s-a-t-t. Thank you very much. Let's go have a snack. You're listening to Fuel for Educational Change Agents, an audio podcast channel including a variety of audio recordings by and recorded by Wesley Fryer, published for educators worldwide interested in free audio-based professional development. This is a supplementary podcast channel complementing Moving at the Speed of Creativity podcast, which typically includes longer and lightly edited or unedited audio recordings. Learn more and access these podcasts on audio.speedofcreativity.org. All content on this podcast is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 3.0 United States license.